apply them. They will protect you. And so now this leads us to the, the next command. And the next command is actually given in, in Isaiah chapter 56. It's reiterated in Matthew chapter 21. And so if you want to look at Isaiah chapter 56, uh, you probably won't have time. But if you would like to, it's Isaiah 56 verse 7. It says, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. For mine house shall be called an house of prayer for all people. Now, in Matthew chapter 21, verse 13, it is said, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer. Now, you say, is that a command? Yeah, when Jesus said, It shall be called a house of prayer, he's, he's given us a command. He's saying, this is what I want you to call my house, a house of prayer. Now, the reason he's saying I want you to call my house of prayer is he said, because I want it to be a house of prayer. And if it is a house of prayer, then that's what you'll call it. Uh, and so uh, it's so very, what, we, what should this house be? A place of fellowship? Yes. A place of encouragement? Yes. A place of learning? Yes. But it should most importantly be a house of prayer. Uh, that should be the, the, the thought when we come in, when, when the singing is going on. Honestly, uh, it, it was everything in, in, in me not to just get up and start praying. Uh, I just nailed in my seat because that's the truth that's coming out through the singing, through the congregational singing sometimes. And, I, and listen, don't be afraid of this. If anything ever happens where you just feel like, you know what, God's impressing my heart to go on my knees to pray, then you ought to start praying. Amen. You ought to come to an altar and pray. You ought to kneel in your seat in prayer. And, and, and that's what ought to happen. Now, here's what I want you to notice, though, and I want us to completely understand. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want you to go to this one now. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. It says... In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own. Notice that. You're not your own. You know, folks, this, this building right here, none of us own it. None of us own it. And so uh, the truth is we are all guests here. We are all guests in this place. And, and, and that's one of the reasons we need to take care of this place. It's because we're guests in this place. And how we treat this place is very important. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, folks, look, whatever you would not want somebody to do in your living room on your couch, you are not doing here. Okay? You shouldn't do it in here. And now, uh, but notice, it says... What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, here's what I want you to understand. We gather together here, where two or three are gathered together, that's where the Lord is. Amen? He's with us. Now, you know why he's with us? Because if we're saved, he came with us. 
and he's going to gather together with us and we gather together in this meeting place and this place right here as we gather together ought to be a house of prayer. But do you know why it ought to be a house of prayer? Because each saved individual in here is the temple of God and each saved individual in here ought to be known as a house of prayer. You know, the truth is you ought to be known for prayer. You ought to be known in your home that you pray. You ought to be known at your workplace that you pray. You ought to be known around your extended family that you pray. You ought to be known at the church that you pray. Not because you walk around and let everybody know that you pray. People ought to be able to look and say, I know that man, I know that woman gets a hold of God. We should be a house of prayer. This also applies to the family. It's said that a family that prays together stays together. You know, it, your family ought to be a place of prayer. The family ought to be, when they gather together, that, that house uh, that is that, assembled right there ought to be a house of prayer. Prayer is essential to God's family and to our family. Now, what I'm going to do, and part of what I'm going to give you right now, is just recently I was uh, counseling someone and and uh, they, they're going through a lot of trials in their life, and they ask this. As a young person, they said, does the Bible say we should ask for what we want? Because, honestly, they were asking for something that they desperately wanted to happen. And they said, does the Bible or doesn't the Bible say that we should ask for what we want? I answered, now I'm going to go through now pretty much the, the counsel that I gave. And so I said yes and no. He wants to give us the desires of our hearts and he wants us to ask, but he wants us ultimately to ask for us to ask him to give us the right desires. So when we ask for what we desire, we truly are asking for what he desires us to desire. You see, yes, God wants you to get wants to give you the desires of your heart, but he wants you to give you the desire he wants to give you the desire in the first place. Now, here's the illustration I gave. If you want to go to Mark chapter 10. And so I decided since we should be known in the house of prayer, we, ought, we need to understand a little bit more about prayer. We need to understand a little bit more about God's thought process in prayer. So Mark chapter 10 verse 35. Mark chapter 10 verse 35. And so it doesn't get confusing, fellas. If you just change from that to the just commands of Christ screen, that would be okay because we've moved away from that one. Mark chapter 10, verse 35, it says, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. And he said unto them, now notice, they said, God, we want you to do what we want you to do. We want you to do what we desire. And he said unto them, okay, now watch this now. He's not just saying no. He says, okay, what would you that I should do for you? He wants to know, okay, basically, you know what this is saying? Depends on what you want. They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit, one on thy right hand and the other on thy left hand, in thy glory. But Jesus said unto them, You know not what you ask. 
Can ye drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? And they said unto him, we can. You see, we ask for stuff because we just know it's going to be good for us. We just know it's going to be best for us. So we tell God, God, you got to do this because this is what's best. And you know what God's doing in heaven? He's looking down and he's saying, uh, do you really know what you're asking for? Now, look at verse 39. And they said unto him, we can. And Jesus said unto, unto them, ye shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of. And with the baptism that I'm baptized with, withal, shall ye be baptized. Listen to this, though. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. You know, sometimes what you desire, God says, that's not in my plan. That's not in my plan. So God may, in his goodness, he may look and say, uh, no, that's not what I got planned. It's clear that we are to pray, but we must understand that what is not in God's will, he will not, watch this now, he will not normally answer the way you desire it. Say not normally? Well, uh, yes. Why would I say normally? Well, when we continually ask for something through our desire and our pride, he may give it to us, but not as a blessing, but as a judgment. I want you to go to Psalm 106 now. You see, what I'm trying to say is, folks, is we need to make sure that the first thing we pray is we say, Lord, guide my mind. Give me the right desires. Make sure that what I'm asking you is the right thing. Father, imp just lead me to know that where you're taking me and what I'm asking of you is exactly what you want and what is best for my family, for my marriage, for my ministry, for everything in my life. Look at Psalm 106, verse 13. It says, They soon forgot, forgot his works, but they waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And watch this. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. You know what he did? God said, okay, you just, you're not satisfied with my provision. Of course, this is talking about the meat in the wilderness. And, and, and he, you're not satisfied with what I'm providing you. I'm giving you angels food and you don't like it. I've told so many people, it's not that God won't provide for you. The problem is we so often don't like what he provides. We don't like the food he provides. We don't like the house he provides. We don't like the car he provides. We don't like what he's provided. Now, listen to me. God will provide. And when we don't like it and we demand something else, every once in a while he'll say, fine, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. But when I do, you've got to understand, you're not going to be better because of it. You're going to be weaker because of it. I'll bring leanness to your soul. I continue to relate to this young person scripturally how prayer works. God wants us to be a people of prayer. You see, his house is us. And we, wherever we gather together, the issue is not the structure. The issue is that we be a people of prayer individually and corporately. God wants this church, this place known as a house of prayer. 
But not because the building, God wants it known as the house of prayer, because of the people who come in or people of prayer. That's the only way it can be known as a house of prayer. If nobody comes in this building and prays, then it'll never be known as a house of prayer. If we come into the building and pray individually and corporately, then it can be known as a house of prayer. If God sees, can I just say, if God sees people continuing to be drawn in here, driving in the driveway, and we say, what brought you here? And they can't tell us except they just felt impressed to come this direction. Can I tell you? This community will start to realize it's a house of prayer. I gave him this passage. If you want to go to it, John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. It said, Verily, verily, John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me and the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, when we read this little passage, especially the last verse, here's what happens. If we kind of take a flippant look at it, it seems to tell us that we can get whatever we want if we tag the name of Jesus to it. But of course, this is not what Jesus is teaching or, or, or preaching here to the, the disciples, what he's saying to them. Number one, God is addressing the believer and the worker. If you look at the passage, he's addressing a believer and a worker. He's, the, he's addressing somebody that's trying to do something for him. If you believe and you are doing his will, you may ask in his name. To ask in his name is to ask according to his will. And when we do then uh, ask according to his will, God is glorified for we are not seeking our desire, our pleasure, or our will. We seek his. And so as you look back at it again, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, notice that, the believer, the works that I do shall he do also. He's a believer and a worker. And he says, And whatsoever ye shall ask, this believer and worker, you shall ask in my name, that will I do. So when we ask in his name, we're not just uttering Jesus' name. What we're saying is, God, I, I believe in you. I'm working for you. I want, I desire to do your will. I desire to do your will the way you want it done, when you want it done, where you want it done. I want your will, God. And God says, go ahead and ask because I'll do it. You see, of course God will do it. Listen, folks. It's what you want. Look, look folks, if, if I'm out with my grandchildren and, and they, watch this. If I'm out with my grandchildren and, and I've got a craving for a milkshake and David says to me, and of course it would be David, uh, David says to me, Pop Pop, can we get an ice cream? Well, let me just tell you, it doesn't end there. In about 10 seconds, it's going to be, Pop-Pop, can we get an ice cream? <laughs> Pop-Pop, can we get an ice cream? 
Pop, pop, can we get an ice cream? Pop, pop, can we get an ice cream? It's going to go on for a while until I look and say one of two things, either yes or no. And no's usually attached with, shut up, David. <laughs> now, but let me just help you. If I already want an ice cream, what do you think I'm going to tell David? Huh? I mean, I already want one. Now, if I don't want an ice cream, I'm on a sugar-free diet, <laughs> Brother Roy. And my sugar-free diet means I don't eat any sugar around Roy. And so, <laughs> now, it, it just makes sense, folks. If I already want it and you ask me for it, I'm going to do it. Right? Now, if I don't want it, I don't want to go there. I don't want to spend the money. I don't think it's good. I think it's 11 o'clock at night, and you four or five boys don't need sugar in your system. If any of us are going to get sleep tonight, and I know it's best, I just, I, I won't do it. I'll say no. Now, if they just keep asking and asking and asking and asking and asking and asking, I might break down and give it to them. Now, I probably won't really, but it's possible I could. Because I know Mike and Brooke, I have to take care of them anyway. <laughs> now, here's where we got to ask yourself. Well, what you are praying, here's, watch this now. You want something from God. Let me ask yourself this. Will what you are praying glorify God if it's answered? What you want, will it glorify God if it's answered? If not, then God will not answer, or at least not how we want, and truly, we really shouldn't want him to. Then I said this, if God answered your prayer just the way you want it, and watch this, folks, please get this one. This is the question we need to ask ourselves. If God answered your prayer just the way you want it, would you be committed to using that answer to do God's will and glorify God? Do you understand what I'm saying? See, sometimes we're so desperate for something to happen. You know, maybe, maybe we're ill. And we're desperate to be healed. Why do we want to be healed? Is it just so that we can continue to, to live and enjoy family? Or is it, Lord, please heal me. And in the depths of our heart, the reason is, let me do more for you before I step into heaven. Let me have an opportunity to glorify your name once more. See, that's the real question. So often we want something so bad, but ultimately it really is just so that we can have what we want. And what we want may not be a bad thing. 
We may want our family back together. We may want uh, our relationships reunited. We may want our, our, uh, our health given. We may want uh, uh, a, uh, a, a new home or a new car. Or a new but why do we want them? And, and does God know in the depth of my heart what I will do with it? Hello? It's commanded that his house be a house of prayer, but if the Holy Spirit resides in us, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, then we reside, or he resides in us, and we are, in effect, his house. Do you want answers to prayer? Is the answer, here's the questions you have to ask yourself, is the answer you seek his will? Is what you want his will? Will you use the answer to do his will? Will you use the answer to glorify him? Now, I'll be honest with you. I know throughout my life there's been a lot of prayers where I didn't really think about God. If you answer it, what am I going to do with it? Now, I know as my wife prayed for the house that we have, I know it was her desire that, God, if you'll provide us a house where we can take care of people, we will. Take care of people, preachers and missionaries and people that come through, and we will. And right, right now, even though you know, we've had uh, families living with us for a year, in the first year and a half, we already had had 20 different families come to our home and stay. Now, my wife and I say, we don't need this kind of house. But we wanted to have it to use it for the Lord's. And I'll be honest with you, that's more her than me. Because I'm, I'm not a super good host. So if people come stay with me and she's out of town with another baby, you know, I would say they get oatmeal, but they don't because I don't even make that. <laughs> it's cereal, brother. Now, truth is, and we'll talk about it tonight, I wasn't sure if I'd have enough time, but if we pray and ask God, seek God's will in our prayer, if we determine in our heart that we will use the answer to do His will, if we'll use the answer to glorify him, then it leads us to the very next command so that we can get true answers to prayer. And the very next command we'll talk about tonight, and I'll, I'll give it to you, but it's in Matthew 21, 21, and 22. It says, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. And I'm going to go into explaining tonight the simplicity of faith. What really gives me faith in prayer what really causes me to believe that my prayer is going to be answered man it's so simple and he said well tell us 
No. Because that'll make you come back tonight. This is like those old cereals where it stopped right when the person was about to die. And you just, and here's the crazy thing. You know they're going to live or the show would have to end there. So, no, we'll give it to you tonight. But here's really, what do you need right now? What do you desire right now? Now, I want you to understand this. All of this is nullified if we're not saved. We're going to deal with that again tonight even, even more directly. But if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me, David said. Now listen, the greatest iniquity that we can regard in our heart is that I'm good enough to get myself to heaven. God will hear and answer prayer. He wants to. You know why he wants to? Because he wanted what you want in the first place if you want what he wants. So why wouldn't he give it to you? You say, well, I've asked God to save me, but I still don't know. Let me help you. God is not willing that any should perish. So he wants you to be saved. So if you ask him, if you trust him, if you believe in him, if you'll receive him, he's already promised it's a done deal because he wanted it before you did. Quit battling with those doubts in your heart. Let's get settled. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless this morning, Lord. I pray